Right. So um, I'm sitting with um, Lerato Mahalia Mulemo today. Yeah. Um, so she is an executive coach. She's been working in the mental health department for five years, if I'm not wrong. Okay. Um, yeah, and I'm just going to ask her just to, um, to give me a little bit of glimpse about herself, um, okay. what she's been doing and who she's really. So uh, the floor is yours, Miss Molemo. Yes. Yes, the floor is yours. Okay. Um, is this the part where I introduce myself? Yes, ma'am. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm Mahalia Mulema. I am an executive coach focusing on mental health, personal development, and entrepreneurship. Um, I provide a lot of mental health talks around topics such as anxiety and depression. And recently, because of the lockdown experience, you know, a lot of people have lost resilience. So I've been providing a lot of talks around resilience and how to empower people back into, you know, being resilient people, especially being in level one, because a lot of people have been feeling quite anxious, um, demotivated, and feeling hopeless. So being able to bring back everything at home about resilience has led me to this position of also creating a lot of um, a lot of talks around that. So yeah. <clears throat> Fantastic. So um, thank you for the introduction. Much appreciated. Mm -hmm. So you have a pro. Please don't spread it around. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just a cough, but yeah. It's a cough. Okay. <laughs> These days a cough can be dangerous, but never mind. Absolutely. You know, it could be deadly. So we need to also be careful of that. Very, very much so. Yeah. Um, so, Lerato, I just, I know you've, you've worked in um, different cultural, multi-generational um, multi um, um, contexts, and if I can say multinational as well, if I can, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. So, in, in, that, um, in that context, how has it influenced your work? The, the, the multicultural, multi-generational, and multi-nationalities. Um, How has that influenced your, your work in the mental work capacity or mental health work that you're doing? Hmm. That's a deep question. Um, I think it has brought a lot of understanding on different racial groups. Mm -hmm. like diversity, especially more so in South Africa, as it's mm -hmm. a diverse country. Mm -hmm. You get to understand people's cultural backgrounds and how they do things, how they navigate their life. Mm -hmm. You know, more so cultural, tradition, religion, how it influences them. Because mm -hmm. in our profession, we don't really tap into religion, mm -hmm. right? But you also need to come from a place of value-centered, like value-free centered approach, mm -hmm. where you have to understand the person, who they are, rather than what influences their context at large. So for me, um, it has really brought a lot of understanding, mm -hmm. a lot of um, resilience, like I can say in myself, for being more compassionate to other people, you know, yeah. and also practicing a non-judgment space mm -hmm. because I think there's a lot of judgment happening, you know, in modern society and people obviously 
tend to feel that more so in body language or in conversation. So you learn to be more understanding to people's um, lifestyles, cultures, mm-hmm. and having to, I mean, I've worked with a lot of different generations, like different groups from primary high school to adults, you know, corporates and understanding the way they, they think. And I think through providing different talks, Mm-hmm. I've also need to learn to tap into that mindset of if I'm talking to a grade seven, mm-hmm. I need to be able to bring myself to a grade seven's level and mm-hmm. approach conversation within that understanding. If I'm talking to someone in corporate, I need mm-hmm. to be able to understand um, the understand the different challenges they might be experiencing, even though I haven't walked their path, but it's brought me to bring a sense of empathy to saying, mm-hmm. okay, yes, I'm talking about mental health, but what kind of solutions can I then bring to make them more practical for you to understand how can i speak to a teenager um because i've been a teenager myself you know Mm -hmm. how can i make it more practical for them to be able to say when i'm done with my talk Mm -hmm. um they have the ability to 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 be able to put those practical um settings i've provided for them and be able to implement them um, but I always also bring into to mind, especially in my talk, to say that what I'm talking about, it's not a standpoint. It requires practice because I think people then sometimes come with expectations. Sometimes when you're providing a talk, you're like, oh, I want to hear what she's going to say. Um, and maybe if you're talking about something basic, they're like, oh, this is basic information I could have searched. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, yes, it's basic information. But how much practice do you even put into that basicness? Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So yeah. it's always creating that thought-provoking aspect in them, bring it back home and making sure that um, they have that touch of saying, I can be able to still, even after the talk, I can still be able to be like ignited within that conversation and be like, okay, Mm. let us now, let's see what steps we can take moving forward. So I'm very cognizant of how I approach the multicultural and generational and nationwide and how I do things. So, Yeah, it's influenced me to be able to be more compassionate and understanding towards my audience. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I mean, I, I never like put it in such a way like that you're putting it now. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure. Um, so in your, in, your, in your counseling, I know you've done some counseling what what um, theoretical preference do you um, do you prefer using in your in your counseling style? Um, what kind of a um, approach? The theoretical, yeah, the theoretical approach. Which which okay. counseling style do you use? Um, so when it comes to coaching, we have different um, approaches. Even though psychology mm-hmm. does tap into play a bit, mm-hmm. so in terms of, I would say that I use the existential approach. So okay. meaning that we learn to find meaning in that certain problem or challenge that they might be experiencing at that moment in time. And I also use more of a what we call in in, in the coaching field is the grow model. So it's goal. So it's goal. It's um, reality. Mm-hmm. It's um. Is it outcome or is it opportunity? And then, and then the W stands for the, um, I think the, the willingness or something like that. Yeah. But my point is that if someone comes to me as a client, obviously I use an assessment tool, an anxiety assessment tool, just to see where they are in terms of their anxiety level. Is it moderate? Is it mild? Is it severe? And if it is severe, I always advise rather go to a psychiatrist. 
-hmm. Let's take your psychiatric route so you can be on medication, help you stabilize or manage your symptoms. Mm -hmm. And then we can have a conversation. But if it's on a mild or moderate, we can still be able to work on that, right? Mm -hmm. If then maybe the client is not comfortable with going to a psychiatrist, let's have a first session and let's see what maybe the nature of the problem may be so that we can be able to make sure that you're comfortable. So I use it in a sense where if I have a first time client, I assess out, let's lay out all the problems, let's hear it out. And mm -hmm. I ask you what your initial, um, what your initial goal is. What would you like mm -hmm. to achieve? Where do you like to see yourself at the end of these sessions or towards the end of the sessions? Mm -hmm. So I'm very cognizant of the client being present within yeah. the space that they're in, but also their future self. Where would they want to be after the, the, the particular session or maybe the following up sessions in the future? So, yeah. Okay. I, I, I see where the existential um, um, comes, into play. comes into play there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, this is like, this is like, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not used to the grow um, part. Yes. Yes. From, from the coaching side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it sounds interesting. Um, something to to go and research about. Yeah. Um, which is quite good. Um, now in in the because I'm I'm more interested in the counseling side. So please forgive okay. me when I when I keep on going. No, it's fine. Uh, luckily for you, I have both um, experiences. Yeah, both, both capes on. Hey. Yes, yes, absolutely. You're a woman of many talents. <laughs> I try. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's all that we can do. Um, yeah. So what, what, what is the most challenging um, aspect of your day? In, in your, challenging. In your, yeah, like in your day-to-day -day work. What is the most mm. challenging? Um. I mean, uh, to be honest, we're not going to shy away and say that this profession is not emotionally draining. Uh -huh. um, sometimes it, for example, if you don't take leave and it's been like, a, you know, you're in the mid-year mm -hmm. and you're starting to experience burnout, you start feeling the impact of that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, for example, also, if you're going through your own personal issues, um, it may impact on your day-to-day -day, um, coaching or counseling mm -hmm. aspect, being able to give. Because at the end of the day in this profession, you are giving mm -hmm. as much as we may say that, you know, um, there needs to be boundaries in, put into play. I certainly agree with that. Mm -hmm. But I think for me is that reality, sometimes I really don't feel like um, maybe something happens during the day and I might feel emotionally depleted. Yeah. And maybe I forgot about a client that is like at 5 a.m., 5 p.m. or 5, 6 p.m. And I must now transition to that. Oh my gosh, I'm a coach. Let's do this. You know, I'm a psychologist. Let's put this into play. You know, I must be present. And I must also be cognizant, even in the session, to be like, it's not about me right now and how I'm feeling, yeah. um, but it's about the client. So I need to be present. But I also put into play different techniques where, how is it going to help me to make sure that I'm present? So, for example, having a glass of water or maybe having a five-minute meditation before a session, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or being able to take a walk so that I'm fully present, I'm fully giving, I'm fully um, providing great service to the client and mm -hmm. making sure that I'm pre uh, um, Yeah. So for me, I would generally say the emotional side of, of the profession is quite challenging because you just like, 
you know, um, have to be able to balance yourself and the job. Right. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, emotions are the biggest part of, of who we Absolutely. are. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. now having, having that, um, and, and you need to be able to balance it. And you need to yes. During the day, you are like literally taking everyone's emotions mm. and you're supposed to regulate them. So now, um, coming to boundaries um, between home life and work life. Okay, mm. so how do you then, let's say you've been emotionally drained the whole day, <laughs> how do you then go home and um, actually be present within your, in your family's life, in your, mm. um, you, you, have, you have a boyfriend, you have a, mm -hmm. a mom, you have friends. How do you mm -hmm. um, become emotionally available for them without mm. bringing the work life at home? You know, sometimes we're always taught to have the boundaries, but to put into practice, sometimes can, we can easily fall off that boundary. Yeah. I mean, I recently realized that I give 90% generally as a human being. So in my work, because my workspace requires me to give mm -hmm. myself off to others, yeah. um, I realized that even in my life, I give far too much. And what would then happen is that I would end up becoming depleted because I'm no longer taking care of myself. Because yeah. when I'm off work, I go straight home. Like you say, I have other responsibilities. I have a partner. I have a parent. You know, I have friends who require to have social time with me. And yeah. then sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I become tired. I'm like, then I have to realize like, you're not physically tired, you're emotionally tired, which yeah. then translates into the physical part of it. So yeah. what then I realized was for me is that you need to sprinkle a bit of kindness because you talk about kindness to others, but how much are you giving of yourself? So recently I started doing this, um, what I call an act of kindness, right? So an act of kindness. So I had to write down the list of the things that I need to do to, for kindness and which is like practicing listening to music or taking a five minute break when I'm working mm -hmm. or being able to say no. You know, I think it's an important aspect that you need to learn to also say no when you mm -hmm. are either in this profession or when you're at home, because yeah. if you're constantly going to give far too much of yourself, you tend to lose yourself in the process. Okay. So the, 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 the service now I'm, I'm implementing into my life is the act of kindness. Mm -hmm. It's just being able to say that if I, for example, am going to spend time with a friend, mm -hmm. how much time am I going to spend with that friend? Let's say it's going mm -hmm. to be six hours and it ends up being an amazing time there, but how, much am I willing to stretch um, myself for that person? Is an hour enough? Two hours, fine. After that, I have to now cut it off and be like, this is where I draw the boundary. I've given myself for you the past six hours. I'm not going to do it an all-nighter thing. So that's how I need to be able to sprinkle that level of kindness to myself and be like, and be cognizant of my behavior to ensure yeah. that my emotional health is filled rather than having to fulfill everybody else's cup you know what i mean so it, it is quite challenging at times but we we, we try to, to 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 when we we lose the train or we lose track of the train we need to remind ourselves to come back to be like this is a boundary and this is work this is family but then mm. there's also yourself you know what i mean so yeah i can say <laughs> okay cool so like now coming back to the to the emotional side how how do you then um, regulate your emotional side so that you, you keep yourself in balance? I mean, yeah. you, you, let's say 
um, at work you've taken quite a knock. Um, yeah. How do you then bring yourself back into into your um, normal state? Do you have a do you have a um, what you call accountability partner? Do you have um, do you have someone that you go to, or do you have something that you specifically do to just um, kind of de-stress before you go home, or at home you just kind of call someone for you? Um, say something that you do. So I would say I have three three approaches where you mentioned accountability. I do have friends that hold me accountable and be like, you are tired and you need to rest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, I have a mentor. Mm-hmm. So I have the ability to now share whatever professional issues I may be experiencing or even a personal level. But I've she she's someone who who reminds me to rest. So she holds me accountable of you need to rest, you need to take care of yourself, etc. But I also learned my way of doing it mostly is reflecting. Mm-hmm. So reflecting helps me to center. I'm not one to journal. Um, I can't write things down, but I am someone who's vocal. So for me, having a moment of meditation alone, speaking to myself and saying, how was my week? How would I rate my week? Mm-hmm. How do I feel about that particular event? So if, for example, mm-hmm. if I had a um, uh, an argument with my partner, yeah. I need to be able to be cognizant of that because sometimes it does come into play yeah. with your, your personal life or it can blur the boundaries, you know what I mean? So I I need to be able to be like, okay, that person's behavior has made me feel like this. How mm-hmm. do I deal with that? Or that client, you know, their story really touched me. Are they okay? Um, what's happening with them? But after reflecting, I learned to take back that energy to them. I'm like, okay, the client is gone. Let me take back the energy to them. You know what I mean? Um, I trust that they will be fine. I trust that everything will go well. I trust that they will find their answers within their journey. Because at the end of the day, we still need to learn to empower mm-hmm. our clients. You know what I mean? And I need to still empower myself at the same time to be like, hey, mm-hmm. um, let me be mindful of what's happening. Let mm. me reflect on what's happening and mm. let me release what has happened. Mm. So, yeah, um, I can say that accountability, having a mentor and having a self-reflection moment with myself. Mm. Sure. Great. So now enough about, the, uh, enough about all this. <laughs> the emotions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like now, um, what do you enjoy most about your, 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 um, your work, um, what you're doing, um, mm. what drives you in the internet mm. network um, to, for you to go back and be like, Yo, this, is, this is what I love. This is why I love what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to be modest and give you three answers. One is that it's a talent. I think you spoke about a talent. I think it's also a gift that has been given and it happens effortlessly for me to continue doing the work that I love. And, you know, they always say, um, if you had to do this for free, would you do this for free? And I'm like, I've done this for free. And it never felt like what I do requires a compensation. I'm like, it requires a compensation because it's business, you know, but I love this. I do it effortlessly, even within my own personal space, you know, just being able to talk with friends. But two, I would say that for me, being able to empower someone, mm. being able to help them break down um, any feeling of sadness, disappointment, getting to the nitty gritty of where all this stems from. For mm. me, being able to help that person break it down to that element, I find that so empowering for them. 
Mm. And for me to be able to give that to them, you know what I mean? And sometimes for me, it's not even a matter of I want a gratitude. You know, it's for me being able to instill these values in this person, empowering them and making sure, bringing that sense of hope Mm. and for them to be able to continue in their life journey, you know? But I think also importantly, just helping them get back to their basic element of what their values are. I think as human beings, we tend to forget that our values drive us. And sometimes, yes, we lose them because, you know, we, we receive different um, information in different environments or yeah. in different media platforms. Mm-hmm. So we tend to, to, to forget what drives us as human beings. So yeah. being able to bring that in the existential approach, like I mean, that I would use the value system to be like, what are your values? What drives you? You know, I mean, if we start from that approach, we'll be able to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think these three things, having this as a gift, um, being able to empower, mm-hmm. being able to instill value and heal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always say that I'm helping them manage their healing process. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, rather than looking from like, you have to heal this person because people come from an expectation of you're going to heal me. Mm-hmm. But it's reminding them that we're going to learn to manage this journey mm-hmm. of healing together. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are at. And that's, it's a continuation. And I say this because even when someone, for example, that um, stops the session and they mm-hmm. come back after three months, I need to learn not to take it personal that they need time mm-hmm. to go and live their life and figure it out and come back. I'm like, Hey, I'm not feeling like this, whatever the case may be. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what um, drives me. That's what motivates me. That's what um, the purpose of my um, journey life is about. So, yeah. Sure. Wow. <laughs> then, let, 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 <laughs> let, 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 I'm just, I'm just, try, just trying to round it up a little bit. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Now, okay, so now you have all, um, you've mentioned all this, what you're passionate about, and now um, let's put in into some perspective now. Um, yeah because we spoke about um, the one that you struggle with, which is emotion, your emotions, okay? Because you're yeah. constantly giving and you need to also regulate them and what you enjoy and what, you, what you're passionate about. So now, um, in this scenario that you've given me, how do you then, like let's say some crisis happened, how do you then handle crisis um, in any situation mm-hmm. that you, get thrown into um let's say whether work-wise or personal um or yeah okay let's let's stick with work and personal (laughs) because i just yeah yeah okay okay. yeah no i get you (laughs) um to be honest and i don't want to sound modest but I don't know whether, um, I always say my strength, sometimes I see it as, an, as, an, as a weakness. Mm-hmm. I say this because the way my strength is set up, sometimes it scares me because I, it's like when I'm going through something, mm-hmm. people wouldn't be able to see it yeah. because on a natural space, I'm, I'm such a strong person yeah. and it translates both in my profession and my personal life. Mm-hmm. And However, I will say that through experience, I've learned to be a resilient person yeah. without even rec- recognizing that I am. But mm. certain challenges have brought out that sense of resilience out of me. So 
in a crisis, for example, I've worked for an organization where it was a suicide crisis center mm -hmm. and you would get randomly a suicide, you know, any potential call you pick up at that moment in time could be a suicide. And you need to learn that you are literally a thin line between a hopeless life or a hopeful life. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to understand, tap immediately you receive that call and someone on the other line says, I want to kill myself. Mm. You are not in a space to panic. Yeah. You need to put yourself in the shoes and make sure that you are bringing out an element of compassion and mm. empathy to that person. And whatever you're going to feel in that person's life will determine whether it is a do or die situation. So I think also, like I said, through experience, professional experience, uh, my resilience life has built over time, but also having this gift of being, of my strength um, mm -hmm. has also helped me carry um, in those crisis moments. Obviously, sometimes you do panic. Mm -hmm. um, I would say sometimes I'm one person who will generally shut down mm -hmm. um, if I'm in a crisis and I would process, I take a while to process that specific crisis that's happening so in that moment i'm not one to like panic like oh my gosh let's you know i'm always like driven um based so for some reason i'm driven based solution based in that crisis mm -hmm. but it does traumatize me in a way that it numbs me and i can only start seeing it throughout my behavior to be like okay that thing affected me in a particular way you mm -hmm. know and when i start recognizing maybe it's a couple of days later a couple of weeks later yeah. to be like okay it's affected you how are we now going to deal with it you know what i mean so yeah. i would say yes in a crisis i become um i become fueled with strength and resilience but some cases do really traumatize me to the point that I need to come back to it um, after a while to be able to deal with it in that moment in time. And it would depend also on the approach that I would take generally to reflect, obviously, on it, talk to someone about it, um, and, and, and take it from that space. So I would generally say my, my strength um, has kept me as a driving force, honestly, to be able to handle crisis situations. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so now, I feel like I'm preaching here. <laughs> okay. Now let's let's focus on the future. Okay. Okay. I'm the I'm the one. I'm the one for the future. I, I want. Okay. Like you know when 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 I when when I'm talking to someone younger than me, I want them yeah. to be much better than me. Like way yeah. better. Yeah. Mm. Uh, um. I, I, I'm guessing I'm taking that from my father because mm -hmm. um, he pushes me like hell. <laughs> like yeah, no, Absolutely. I, I, love, I, I love Batman. Um, yeah, but yeah, like now, what advice would you give to a young a young counselor that is just um, just fresh out of out of university and they're just jumping into the work um, without any experience? What advice would you give them? Oh, you know, um, I would say one do a lot of research about the industry. Mm -hmm. Do a lot of research about the industry and do a lot of research why you want to tap into this. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you should doubt yourself, but psychology is, an, is, an, is a, it's a challenging and emotionally driving industry. It mm -hmm. takes up a lot. And mm -hmm. also people around you may end up having expectations for you to solve their lives mm -hmm. and everybody brings all their issues. So why I'm saying that to be able to make research 
because also psychology is broad you know it's not only the counseling part of it mm -hmm. your personality might match the forensic side where you want to provide counseling you yeah. know what i mean or your personality may be the counseling where you want to become forensic so mm -hmm. when i talk about research is that being able to understand the industry what is about and which one matches your personality which mm -hmm. i think is the important part of it two mm -hmm. as understanding is this your purpose life driven if tomorrow the company or the organization you work for says that, hey, we don't have money to pay you for three months, would you be able to say, I can do it for pro bono? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to learn the skills by volunteering? I tell a lot of people, like, I'm a product of volunteering. Like, all the skills I have now, I've encompassed where I'm at. I have volunteered different organizations mm -hmm. because I've learned different different organizations where you, I did individual counseling. Mm -hmm. I did group counseling. Mm -hmm. I dealt, I dealt with children, mm -hmm. you know, I dealt with rape crisis center, suicide, mm -hmm. um, crisis center. So I've had all the pull to understand where I'm at to say that this is the type of psychology industry I want to get into, mm -hmm. you know, I, I want to focus into, does it match also my personality? It does because I have the ability to handle it. I mm -hmm. mean, for example, when I talk about personality, someone might, um, if they work in a crisis center, and someone says they want to kill themselves, they're going to panic or to, they might start having anxiety issues. You know what I mean? It might affect them on a personality level. How great is your strength to be able to be willing to give this? So research is important. Um, I would also say getting research about yourself, knowing who you are, your value system, personality checks. There's a lot of personality um, tests online um, that you can check also personality tests and your career tests. Mm -hmm. so that you can be able to align yourself with you know um it will help you understand the scale that you want to go into i mean everybody wants to help i think everybody who comes like but i want to help people i'm like we help people differently an artist um, a musician helps people by through music mm -hmm. you know what i mean a painter helps someone through obviously painting with their art, you know what I mean? Um, a caregiver helps through by being able to care for people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, an accountant helps people by helping them financially. When yeah. you say you wanna help, it's not only in a psychology space, we all can help in our own way, helping yeah. the animals, for example. Mm -hmm. So you need to be sure when you say you wanna help, that is a broad statement, you yeah. know what I mean? Everybody can help. So that's why I'm saying researching um, your personality, which area code you wanna help in terms of, and lastly, mm -hmm. um, Get a mentor. It's not easy to get a mentor. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to have someone who's willing to um, give off their knowledge and their skills and impart that on you, honestly. Mm -hmm. But they're available. You know, if you, if you, I believe in networking. To get a mentor, it's about networking. Yeah. I did not like networking. I did not, I did not have the ability to approach people and be like, hey, let's yeah. do but I, I think also with age, with experience, I had to, I saw the importance of networking and mm. through networking, it led me to my mentor. Yeah. And today I'm like, she's helped me, me grow on, a, on my professional space. Mm. Um, also on a personal space. So having someone who's advanced in your career space mm. and sucking all that information in helps a lot because there's so much value in people who have come before us, who can be able to provide that. Mm -hmm. And remember, like, I liked what you said in the beginning, that being able to nurture someone else's craft, because it's going to become full circle that you have to now nurture someone else's craft, you know what I mean? And you cannot be um, selfish with the information. So mm -hmm. I would say researching about your industry, mm -hmm. researching about yourself mm -hmm. and getting a mentor, last but not least, um, who can be able to help you um, network. I think networking is the basis. 
you know what I mean? Um, don't get into any industry if you don't have the skills of networking because you're not going to get anywhere if you cannot network. And everybody in your life has to have, be able to help you get to the next level. You know mm. what I mean? So these are the three things I would, um, I would generally say to someone who wants to get into the industry. Um, yeah, the basic three principles, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, okay. <laughs> I know, I feel like I'm a priest, like I'm preaching out here. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna stop the, the recording now. Um, okay, it's fine. So, which is it's actually that was the last question. Okay, that's fine. Um, thank you so much. Really appreciate mm -hmm. it.